0: Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and Go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host, George Templeton, talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George.
1: When you get to late in the year and you get a team that's struggling like Rhode Island, what you want to see is what VCU did tonight. Welcome to Rams Rewind. Uh, only in podcast land and night. We were not able to do it live because of work and the early start time and other things. Uh, but this was a pretty pleasing performance. I listened to the game, the entire game on the radio uh, and then just decided because I couldn't get back in time to really, to be able to watch the game and really evaluate it the way I wanted to, that it would be better if I just held off and just did the podcast and not do the video. And I have to say, this was a pretty damn enjoyable game to watch. You love the fact that VCU had such a great start defensively. Uh, you set the tone a lot on defense. You know, Rhode Island makes their first shot and then does and then goes scoreless for the next you know, five and a half, six minutes, no field goals, no points, period. And VCU's up 17 to 3. And it starts with a shoulder three-pointer, which is which is apropos because he, he, he breaks the 1,000-point barrier with another three-pointer later in the game and ends up having a fantastic night uh, from the field, 20 points. And, you know, what you saw, especially in that first half where VC was were just absolutely dominant, was really good shot selection, uh, really excellent offense, sharing the ball, moving the ball, I was just I was pleased with what I was watching. They had a very good half defensively, um, you know That and again, this is what you got to do against a bad team late in the year. You got to blow them out of the water. And fair, fair or unfair, oh, it's only Rhode Island, and they and they're not very good, which is true. Uh, they did start that you know they've lost ten of twelve after starting the a ten season three and zero, but look. A lot of teams have been slipping on a lot of banana peels in this conference this year. Uh, UMass slipped on one at, at the Gola Arena and so did St. Bonaventure. Uh, VCU slipped on one at home against George Washington. You know, that's, that's right now is making their path to a conference, to, a, to at least sharing the conference title a lot more difficult and has almost made an outright conference title impossible. And so this is, this is what happens in this conference. So I'm, I'm certainly not going to turn my nose up at a, at a 21 point victory. That was as much as 30 in the second half. There was a little bit of drift and we're going to talk about that uh, briefly. Cause again, you don't want bad habits to form uh, that can carry over to the next game. But really, this is, this was really terrific performance all the way around in so many respects, you know, if there's anything you'd criticize, eight turnovers in the first half by VCU, but Rhode Island had ten, uh, and and you know they end up they end up I think with uh, not many in the second half. Let me see, yeah, VCU had two turnovers in the second half, so that's that's really terrific. You'd like to see them share the ball a little bit more than what they did for the game because I think they only they only assisted on half their field goals. Uh, you have 15 assists on 30 field goals so you'd like to see that be a little higher but out rebounded them by seven uh you know and win second chance points by nine you love that points off turnovers 15 to 5 you love that you love the four guys in double figures and again really good shot selection you look at these shot totals uh Joe Bamisil's eight for 14 and I think made his first five or six shots. And, you know, he only had that I could see. And, again, at this point I, I started recording with about ten minutes left because I just wanted to see why the drift happened when uh, when you or I made all those threes. Um, and he's at eight for 14 for the field and not really a lot of bad shots. You know, maybe one. I can think of one, maybe two. Same for Sholga. You know, most of his nine field goal attempts were good shots. Six for nine. And he actually missed two free throws. How about that? And that's the other thing. the VCU shoots eighteen to twenty-one from the foul line, which is fabulous. Uh, you should love that. And all your misses come from your really good foul shooters, Shogun Shogun Bamasil. Toby Walls, five for five from the foul line. What a what a turn what a year he's had at the foul line. Made a lot of big free throws for this team. Really impressed. Probably very unlucky not to get a double double. Toby will always nine points and eight boards. But all the sh- all the shots that these guys made tonight, and and you know, and I think the only thing you can be a little bit disappointed about is they you can get the fifty percent as a team, because they missed a few at the end when they had the backups in. But Bearstow seven out of eleven from the field. Thought he you know thought he played a tremendous game after a couple of early misses where you're just like man is he gonna have these same problems. All of a sudden, you know, not only hitting his shots, but finishing through contact, which is something we've been talking about and been frustrated by for a while, is has been the inability of, of, of Beristow, not just Beristow, but several of these players not to finish through contact. Well, he had two and ones tonight. Zeb had one. I think there was another one in there, too. I think there was another three-point play opportunity in there that I might be forgetting about, or maybe it's not come up yet because, as I said, I started recording this with about nine minutes left in the game and I'm watching it now. But I just – I like the energy from Bo- from VCU tonight. No fooling around. 17-3 lead. Rhode Island makes one run at it to get it down to 21-12. to J- And then VCU gets helped again by a technical foul. Jaden House wolfing it either the ref or, the, or somebody else, the local kid. And, and the one time Rhode Island had any kind of a head of steam – he gets that technical. VCU makes two free throws, and Bamisil hits a three, in a nine-point game it was a fourteen-point game. And after that, I'm not even sure they got closer than that uh, after that point. And that's just Jaden House. You got to be smarter than that, especially as you're from Henrico High, so you're local. So there's probably there was probably a lot of his folks were in the crowd, and maybe he was. He certainly had to be pressing a bit. He was three for eleven from the field. He was three for six from the foul line. You can't act like that, Jaden House. You know you're representing the, the, the region region. Can't do that. Uh, but VCU tonight, this is what you're supposed to do to a bad team. And Rhode Island is a bad team. Uh, they're going to be in the pillow fight in all likelihood. They're five and ten, and if the and if the season were to start today, they were gonna they'd be in the pillow fight. And they're two games behind with you know three to play for getting out of that first round game on the uh, on the Tuesday. So that's what you're supposed to do. That is what you are supposed to do to a terrible team. VCU did it. Now, uh, what other thing. Well, actually, no, let's, do, let's do a little more praising before we get to the one nitpick that we're going to make tonight. Um, I was just uh, – I, I really liked – I really liked so many people's games tonight. I, and, and the shots, selection, I'm going to keep coming back to that because most of the – there were just not a lot of bad shots out there tonight. Not really. You know – Nelson had a couple maybe questionable ones. But you know what? Here's a perfect example. People that look at Kawani Kawani's box score and go, eh, he didn't do anything. He must not have had a good night. He only played the 18 minutes. But you know what Kawani Kawani did? He didn't jack up a bunch of bad shots. You know, he's only 0 for 3. He's 0 for 2 from 3. He was moving without the ball great, which was creating space for this offense. And even on a night where he's got no points, one assist, one steal, and three, two rebounds, he's plus 21 on the court. And, yes, he played with the starters who played great, and that's great. But that that's not an accident. You know, he's created, he did a lot of things that didn't show up on the box score tonight, and I was very pleased with that. Uh, and we already mentioned Toby Wall. Oh, and Joe Bamisil ends up with 24 off the bench, you know, game high. Really, really terrific. Really terrific from him. Great to see Wheeler and Billups get in. Billups hit a three. Love that. And, you know, except for that five-minute stretch where Rhode Island hit all those threes, uh, this was as complete a performance as you, you'd like to see. And, and let's give Brian Odom some credit. He called some timeouts when this team was not defending properly, and, and they reset themselves and Rhode Island made one out of eight to finish the game after being six of eight to start the second half. So, okay, what happened on those three-pointers when Rhode Island got hot and briefly got this thing under 20? And let's also point that out. 19 points was as close as Rhode Island got in the second half. Uh, So this was never in any danger of ECU blowing this lead, lead here. But what happened? Once again... Guys not getting around screens. One of them was a Dubsky three where VCU takes kind of a bad shot at the other end. Rhode Island, you know, gets down the floor pretty quick. VCU's defense is or- disorganized. Dubsky gets the ball, and he makes one good fake to fake Fermin out of position and gets a three. And where was this guy? I don't know. You know, Joe Bama still got caught behind a screen, And I think it was uh, Green that hit the three as a result. Uh, You know, there was another time somebody got around the screen and Montgomery hit one. And I know it seems ridiculous to harp on this in a game that VCU had, you know, was up 20 points for pretty much the entire second half and, you know, didn't trail and literally didn't. The only time they didn't have the lead was the very first possession of the game uh, and as soon as Shulga hit the hit the three, that was it. VCU led the rest of the way. But you can't make you can't get do that in the games that matter. And I and and, and they got a game that matters gigantically this Saturday. You have got to be concentrating. You have got to find a way to get through these screens. You cannot get caught behind because these three-point shooters can eat you up especially on these really good teams like a Richmond, like a Dayton, like even Duquesne, Uh, you know, Duquesne won tonight. And I, and I know they've been a disappointing team for a lot of folks this year, but they got guys and we ought to know it because of course they beat our brains in last year that can hurt you on that. So yes, you always expect or, or anticipate a little bit of drift in the second half when you got a monster league like VCU did, but these these this issue with getting caught behind on threes and not fighting through screens it has got to be nipped in the bud. If I'm if I'm Ryan Odom and we're doing the film review, we are we are spending a lot of time on that because you just can't do it. You know, not when you got Jordan King coming at you at 27 tonight. As, as Richmond you know slapped St. Louis St. Louis silly and kept on rolling towards uh, an outright. Uh, conference title, which is what they would have right now with three games to go. Hopefully, VCU will do something about that. Oh wow, we got to the point where they're showing the fiddle player doing the devil went down to Georgia. I've seen a bunch of clips on that on Twitter tonight, and and look at that. Everybody giving her an ovation, and rightfully so because she's something else. Uh, but I just, I mean, I know it, I sound like a bit of a stick in the mud, railing and talking about this, but really seriously, these fine margins. You have to you've got to be able. You cannot let your guard down and slip a little bit because it's gonna get you. And and you know, we there's a path to a conference championship. Granted, a shared conference championship, but there is a path to a conference championship and a number one seed for VCU. But it's it's a narrow one, you know, and they need help to get there. And and but part of but the first thing of it is. You got to, VCU's got to win all these games. And one thing they did well when they played Richmond the last time, Richmond was three for 18 from three. And and I think one of those was a second chance. And the other one was just sort of a, you know, disorganized situation after a turnover, you know, or like like everybody diving for a loose ball and then all of a sudden, you know, Richmond came up with it and they got it to a guy, they got it to somebody, and he made the shot. Uh, but VCU did, did the job on Richmond uh, with the three-pointers, and Richmond quit shooting them in the second half because they were that ineffective. They only took seven in the second half that first game. They were one for seven. So it's, it, it is important. VCU's got to concentrate because teams are going to keep on doing it. They're going to watch what happened with Massachusetts. But watch what happens in some of these other games, and they're going to say we're just going to screen them and screen them and screen them because eventually somebody's going to get caught behind. And and I and I have to say one of the rare luxuries I had tonight was not only listening to the entire radio call for Robbie and Rodney on on the Odyssey app was actually listening to post game and hearing Max Shulga talk about you know his defensive abilities and how he's kind of a renewed focus on that for him and the fact that. You know, guys like Darius Theus and Bradford Burgess, who knew a little something about playing defense uh, in, in, in a VCU uniform and saw, you know, and, and played with one of the greatest defensive players, certainly in VCU's history, maybe in the history of the Atlantic 10, Brianni Weber. And, you know, they're getting on him. And what are you going to say to them? Oh, you know, you're not, not going to shake that off. You're not going to sit there and ignore that from ignore those criticisms. So it's great to hear Max Scholling say that, but we got to see it from him, from Joe Bambisil, from Berestow, from everybody, because these three pointers, you know, you, I mean, again, in the in the end, it ends up being a fairly decent night defensively out there. They're nine for twenty eight. That's thirty two percent. But, you know, a six-for-eight stretch like what Rhode Island had, you have that against the Spiders or the Dukes or the Flyers, it'll probably cost you the game because you're not going to be, you know, you're probably not going to be 24 points up against any of them when they, when they if they hit a stretch like that. So that's, that's the main nit to pick is they did have some drift, and it mainly came with the three-pointers, which you don't like. They at least after the, after Ryan Odom called a timeout and got on him about it. They uh, they 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 reined it back in and got it together. And I think that's something that you you know you tip your cap to Ryan Odom and the staff for because that's important. So that you know again this is this was a complete performance except for about that five minutes. You just love seeing the very you love seeing Zeb. Great game for him. Set the tone. Played great defense. Five assists, three steals, six boards, eleven points, filling up the stat sheet. Four guys in double figures, and Toby just missed being a fifth. You, you absolutely love that because it, it just continues, you know, what we've been saying all along, which is, you know, VC use the hydra. You can stop X, somebody else is gonna jump up. You can stop Y, somebody else is gonna jump up. There's not one guy you can stop and beat this team there isn't and yeah Joe Bambasil has had some really good games coming off the bench the key now is for Joe Bamistill, in my opinion is he's got to come off the bench on the road and do it to somebody um and, and and no I'm not going to count like St. Louis in that because it's St. Louis and and they're they're a horrific defensive team so Yes, that was nice, and, and I appreciate that Joe Bamisil played well in that game because I'm pretty sure he did have a big game. So I go back and look at the box score there. Um, yeah, and, and that's great, but it's time to do that against against the heavyweights in this conference. Uh, and Joe, a lot of Joe Bamisil's really a, a outstanding performances have come at home, which is fine. That's not a problem, but, you know, you got to come off the bench now in one of these big road games. And really put your stamp right on it, because it hasn't, by and large, it hasn't happened uh, in the other road games. I mean, it, you know, it was not very good. At, it was not very good at, at UMass. Um, the Saint Bonaventure game is five to sixteen. So, I mean, that's one of the things you're going to circle for this game at Richmond on Saturday. Is not only can VCU do another job on them in terms of three point defense. You know, is is Joe Bama still going to light it up on the road? Because that's that is what is that's what's required. Uh, for that's one of the things that VCU did, could use here because uh, it's you know it hasn't by and large it hasn't happened. Uh, it has not happened in these road games, and and again it gets and in terms of the teams, it has happened against it's the lower division. Uh, this needs to happen either Saturday. Or in that last game at Dayton, uh, one of those games, we're probably going to need a big Joe so performance to do the business here. Uh, so there we go. Saturday, Richmond, uh, 6 p.m., CBS Sports Network. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's massive. It's massive. It's massive. Uh, I'm certainly planning on watching it and doing a live video, and then it'll be out in podcast land for you folks out there on Sunday. Uh, let me also say this. If you're not a member of the good, the bad, and the ugly group, join up. Uh, we 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 not only do we not only keep our eye on the uh, uh, on uh, VCU and 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 men's basketball and their you know our other A10 our other A10 folks and our you know our non conference things we keep the eye out all our teams at VCU. Not just myself, but several members are always posting. You know big things that that VCU's doing in track or or other sports. You know, VCU baseball won today with a 12-spot in the seventh when they were behind in the game, and they came storming back and won. That was incredible. And the VCU women, uh, what an absolutely fantastic uh, season they're having. They won again tonight against Rhode Island, and honestly, for me, that was the bigger game, Uh, and they are in a situation where – they can fit in, do. They can do no worse than the double by by winning because they won a Duquesne loss. And if they beat George Mason, uh, thanks to St. Joe's losing tonight, shockingly at home to Fordham, if VCU the VCU women beat George Mason, they will be the number two seed in the Atlantic Ten women's tournament, which is going to be at the Sports and Entertainment Center out in Horiko, out where the uh, old Virginia Center Commons IRIP used to be and that would be a hell of an achievement after being seven wins last year. They're 25-4, and and I can tell you now uh, my plans are to have a pod about the women's tournament coming up. Uh, We are efforting uh, a guest for that, and we're working on that, but that is my plan is to have a pod that's looking at at the women's tournament coming up and looking at VCU and and their situation, and uh, we're working on that for next week. Uh, also, if you like what you hear tonight and you want to help us out, you can shoot us some dinero, and we'll shout you out uh, on the podcast. Like our good friend Scott Van Ben Shoten, which sent us, who sent us something this week. Scott, thank you very much. We appreciate you. Also, tales from the non-conference. We just did another update on our non-conference opponents, and it's funny, you know, the conference, the, the non-conference, especially with some of the difficult close losses. Didn't look so hot. But I looked at it today, and it is stunning. Potentially eight of VCU's non-conference opponents could finish top three in their conferences and be top three seeds in their conference tournaments. Three of them are currently the AQ in the brackets because they're in first. Two of them have won their conference already, McNeese State and Sanford. So this this schedule that was kind of... at, you know in some folks mind uh it is aged really really well you know there are there is every chance that that our that four or five or even six of our non conference opponents could win their conference tournaments and get in the NCAA tournament and that matters if DCU can get in or is somewhere near the bubble that is going to make a big difference so you know tip of the cap to uh the Director of Basketball Ops, uh, 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 Chris Naki's daughter, who's now name I'm now, I think it's Kelsey Naki, and the VCU staff for putting this uh, schedule together, even though they didn't have a true road game. I think that's not going to be an issue next year. I think we'll probably have one. And there's just so few teams that are in the second division of their league right now, so you just got to tip your cap there as well uh, uh, to, the, to the coaching staff and everybody on that one. So you know, we take a look at things like that. Uh, we'll you know we we've had a couple different posts about you know the women, the, the race, and the women's in the A10 women's uh, saying what's going on. And I'm pretty sure you know when, when the A10 puts out you know potential scenarios for the seeds in the next day or two uh, for the final games on on uh, on Saturday. We'll we'll make sure we get that in our group as well. Also, go out and support the women on Saturday. Uh, you know they have a chance to set a paid attendance record uh, this weekend uh, for the one o'clock game against George Mason. And it, and on top of all that, it is such a humongous game. If BCU wins, you know, like I said, they're they're going to be the two seed. Uh, so it's just massive for them. To, to get to get a win there against George Mason, who's a pretty good, who's been a pretty good team, and and is probably the only team that's really beaten VCU soundly in conference play because you know the other two conference losses to Richmond, VCU led those games going into the fourth quarter, so you know it's it's a big game, it's a heck of a matchup. Mason, like VCU, has kind of come out of nowhere and is having a wonderful season, so. Get on down to that Siegel Center. It's 1 o'clock, which is perfect. You can get that and then get home in time, plenty of time, uh, to to woe yourself up for VCU at Richmond NEN at 6 o'clock. So do that as well. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, As always, we really appreciate it. We just passed 150 episodes of this podcast. That could not have happened without your support. So thank you, thank you, thank you out in podcast land and any, anybody that listens. And uh, we will be talking to you Saturday night uh, for Sunday morning or or for late Saturday night. Hopefully if there VC be some sticks at those spiders again and continues to, to maybe march towards what will hopefully be a uh, share of the conference championship. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everybody.
0: To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.